0: Well hey there beautiful teacher! I hope you're doing well and welcome to episode number 38 of the Primary Teacher Friends Podcast. My name is Teacher Tony, and I'm so excited today to talk to you about blending. If you hang around for any amount of time you will really start to notice my love for literacy and blending is one of those things many teachers ask for advice about. They have students who cannot blend words, and that is a major problem in our goal of teaching these little people to read. If you are at all responsible for a child who is not a fluent reader, this episode can definitely benefit you and add some tools to your toolbox to help you understand and better serve your little learners. Are you ready? You are tuned in to the Primary Teacher Podcast. Now, if your job description doesn't consist of teaching little people to read, develop, succeed, and grow, you're probably in the wrong place. But if you do teach kindergarten, first, or second grade, well, you're what we call a difference maker, and you're among friends here. And now... Your host, primary teacher, content creator, and little people fanatic, Tony Mullins. Welcome to Springtime Teachers, where we have a renewed sense of energy. But suddenly we look around our classroom and notice that some of our kids have not met their goals. They are behind and our time with them is winding down, ticking away. One problem I see that reoccurs every year about this time because many teachers ask for advice about it is this area of blending words. I have spent 10 years now working with students who have deficiencies in literacy. During this time, I've had lots of opportunities to really notice students who have trouble with blending words. And that is why today I feel confident and happy in offering you some advice that may help your struggling students in this area too. So how do we teach blending to these little ones who have up to this point not mastered this skill. Here it is. We're nearing spring break. The end of the school year is right around the corner and we have to get them there somehow. If that sounds like some of your recent thoughts, this episode is perfect for you. So how do we teach blending to these struggling learners? Let's do this thing. The very first thing I want you to realize here is that blending can be a very tough skill to master. For us adults, we sometimes forget how difficult this can be to our new emergent readers. We also may not remember that blending a three letter word involves several skills. It is not a stand alone skill, it has other parts. When I think about blending, I think about making spaghetti. So, yeah, today I'm hungry, so we're going to talk about spaghetti, which which is totally against my low-carb diet, by the way. But blending can be compared to spaghetti. When making good spaghetti, you have to cook the noodles... You have to cook the meatballs and you have to prepare the sauce. And then you put it all together to get this wonderful, oh, carb-filled dish that I would love to have right now. But that's besides the point. Blending is just like that. It has these separate parts that have to be prepared separately and then all put together to make this wonderful result. So when our students see a three-letter, word, there are other skills involved. First and foremost, teacher, there is a lot of phonemic awareness that is needed before students are ready to blend. If you have not had consistent phonological and phonemic awareness instruction in your day, this very well may be the problem. If students cannot orally hear sounds and blend them, how could they possibly take the letter version of those sounds and blend them? So that is one part of our spaghetti dish. There is also this problem of letter identification. And another layer added on top of that, we'll call this the sauce of it all, is letter and sound fluency. Lots and lots of teachers do not put enough focus on letter fluency. So our students may recognize the letter and be able to produce the sound eventually. But how fluent are they at retrieving that sound from their memory and saying it out loud? If this term letter fluency or the idea of it is relatively new to you, I really suggest you go way back on the podcast, back to episode number six, where I shared the key to increasing letter and sound fluency. With that episode, you'll find a free resource that can help you in that area as well. So, back to our spaghetti. In order to produce this finished dish for our students to be able to see and blend a word well, They have to have a great foundation in all three of those areas. You can know for sure that they are prepared in those areas by doing some quick assessments or looking back at the ones you've already completed. Or you can simply observe how they attempt to blend a word and maybe get a little understanding of which of those areas they need the most help in. If they are making all of the sounds correctly but cannot blend them, I'm going to point you towards the area of phonological and phonemic awareness. If they cannot tell you the letter sounds, we know it's a letter identification problem. But if they are just making those sounds at such a slow rate that they're not able to bring them all together. Maybe they even forget the first sound by the end of the word. I definitely recommend looking at their letter fluency, their letter sound fluency. We as their trustee guides in this adventure of learning how to read must be like private investigators. We have to look at our assessments and the behaviors of our students and figure out just how to help. And the hardest part about that is, is that Sometimes we recognize that they just aren't ready to blend. We want them to be blending, but they don't have these more foundational skills involved. They don't have their noodles, their meatballs, and their sauce together. So we have to go back and build up those areas so that we can make some spaghetti, right? But for today, if you feel like you have all of those areas in check, but you still have students who cannot blend, I'm going to give you some of my very best suggestions. These are strategies and ideas I have cultivated over 10 years of experience, and I'm happy to share them with you today because in my time, they have served me and my students very well when it comes to teaching them how to blend words. Let's talk about strategy number one. And teacher, that is to give them a kinesthetic procedure to help them learn to decode those words, to blend those sounds together, to make the word. So obviously, just looking at the word and trying to sound it out has not been effective for these students. But adding in a little kinesthetic procedure that is very consistent that we use every single time we come across one of these words will really give your students a tool that they can use and rely on. Sometimes we just have not modeled this procedure very well. We haven't explicitly explained to our students how to sound out and blend a word. But of course, you know I'm all about movement and the benefits it has to our learners. So I am telling you, begging you to add a little movement in there with this procedure that we are going to teach. Tell your students, every time we see a word we don't know, this is what we will do. So the kinesthetic procedure that you use can be whatever you want it to be. Over the years, I've tried many different ones with different groups of kids, and they all work well. It just serves as a reminder to our students of how to sound out and blend a word. So I have used finger spelling before. So for the word cat, students would lift a finger for each letter they see and then make a mixing motion to blend the word. At Cat. I have also used arm spelling before where students make the first sound on their shoulder, the second sound at the crease in their elbow, and the last sound on their wrist. And then they go back up top and motion down to blend the word. That also works very well. One of my favorites to use is something called touch and say. This seems to be more helpful to students because they're actually putting their finger close to the letters. So if they are looking at the word cat, C-A-T, they put their finger under C, make the sound, A, make the sound, T, make the sound, and then they make a swooping motion across the word to blend the sounds. And then they cross over the word quickly to say it fast like, a word. So it sounds like this. K- at, cat Cat. That is the one that I use the most and that I found the most success with. Another kinesthetic procedure is to give students manipulatives to represent each sound. This gives them something to push forward for each letter. But whatever strategy you are using, just do it over and over and over. By having a go-to kinesthetic procedure, your students will feel more confident and successful by having a go-to kinesthetic procedure. Your students will really begin to rely on that and feel more confident when they approach an unknown word. In the grand scheme of blending, the more they do it, the more comfortable they will become and the more likely they are to become successful at actually Blending those sounds together. So, strategy number one is to teach a kinesthetic procedure for blending. Once you have that procedure in place and students are very confident and comfortable with it. The next thing you should do is to really focus on scaffolding to success. We need to scaffold our learners, meet them wherever they are, give them the support they need to get over the finish line of blending those words. Now, if you're newer to teaching, you may not be clear on what scaffolding is. I will be honest with you, I really did not understand it completely until I saw a picture of what scaffolding is to carpenters. So if you Google search scaffolding, scaffolding. You will see a building with all of this structure beside it. This is a temporary support that helps carpenters move up the different levels of a building while they are creating it. So think of your little learners as those carpenters. They are building all of these skills. We are the ones providing that scaffolding support. Really look up a picture. It will make more sense then. But I think of scaffolding as seeing where they are now and giving them just enough information or clues or strategies that can get them moving on up. So one way that you can really scaffold these struggling learners with blending is to add some visual support. So for example, if I've shown my student this word cat and they are not able to blend it, I would first listen to them and give them an opportunity to do it independently. I would reinforce that they use the procedure that I've taught them. And if they still could not decode that word, I would put down three pictures that were similar to the word. So if the word is cat, I would put down a cat, maybe a cab, maybe a car. Have the student repeat the sounds and now see if they know the word. Visual support is always a great scaffold because remember many students are visual learners so it really pulls in that other learning style to help them out. Another scaffold could be that instead of showing a student all three letters squished together, which is sometimes overwhelming and intimidating to our students, try showing them one letter at a time and cueing your student to make those sounds as you the teacher push the letter forward. So if I have the word cat and my student is sitting in front of me, I would push the C, the A, the T, have them make those sounds, and the next time, if they did not blend the word correctly, I would just repeat it over and over, maybe go a little faster. That will set them up for better blending. That can be a scaffold for some of our students who are just overwhelmed with all of the letters. And another scaffold that I will mention here is to repeat the sounds and let students hear it from you. So if I've pushed these letters down in the word cat and the student from their own production were not able to blend the word, I would say the sounds for them. Okay, Johnny, this is what you said. Listen to me and see if you can figure out what word it is. C- at. C- at cat so, you can uh, blend those together or you can just give them the individual phonemes. But what I've found over the years is that sometimes students just aren't hearing themselves very well. So, by repeating what they've said, it scaffolds their learning. The more you do that, the more confidence they build in blending those words, and you'll find that they're able to do it easier on their own. So, just meet your students wherever they are, build those scaffolds that help them reach higher levels. And don't be afraid to give them too much help. Remember, we are working with students who are already struggling in this area. We don't want it to be too difficult. We want it to be just right so that they can build confidence and become more proficient as an effect. So strategy number two is to scaffold to success. And finally, my favorite strategy of all... Is something I don't see many teachers talking about when it comes to blending, and that is actually writing the words. Believe it or not, what you will find is that many students who cannot blend a CVC word can write them very easily. For some reason, this skill of writing the very same word they cannot sound out comes a lot easier. So we can utilize writing the words to in turn help our students become better at blending those words. And I'm going to tell you exactly how. When we spend time every day segmenting and writing words, students become more familiar with the structure of words and how they work. And when we segment and write those words, we can follow that up by re-blending. This is part of a routine that I've used for years called daily write it. Each day there is a word for us to focus on. We say the word. We fingerspell the word. We blend the word. We write the word in Elkonin boxes. We touch and say the word, like I told you about before. And with all of that, it takes less than five minutes, and your students have had incredible practice segmenting, writing, and blending words. They already know the word because I've told them the word, but by segmenting, writing, and blending the word, they build that confidence, and they build that ability in an easy-to-digest way. So if you have not spent a lot of time focusing on segmenting and writing those words, this could be an area that you could really kick into gear, and that would in turn help your students become better at blending. Now, I have written a full post about writing CVC words, and I've actually got video demonstrations of how this routine works. Along with that post and video, you'll find a free CVC word writing toolkit. This will give you everything you need to use this strategy absolutely free jump over to teachertony.com forward slash writing CVC words. You can find this down in the show notes to get your free toolkit and to see this highly engaging routine that will get your students segmenting, writing, and re-blending those words. When I have used this daily I have found that there are very few students who slip through the cracks and are not good at blending as a result of all this attention to the structure, writing, and phonemic awareness of CVC words. It pulls it all together and that is good as gold. So for those struggling learners, this is a good time to focus on segmenting, writing, and reblending those words. Doing this quickly every day can really, really bring home. Doing this quickly each and every day is a big bang for your buck activity. So for our struggling learners who cannot blend, my best advice is to, first of all, teach a kinesthetic procedure that they can fall back on and use each and every time. Scaffold them to success. Find where they are. Give them the support they need to reach the next level and to gain that confidence they need to be successful. And finally, write the words. Give them a word. Have them segment it. Have them write it. And then have them use your procedure that you taught minus touch and say to re-blend that word. That easy and non-threatening practice may be exactly what they need to be successful. With you caring so much and being their trusty guide, I know they can do it because they have you on their team. Teacher friend, I hope you have found some advice today that will serve you well in serving your little ones. Just by being here in this moment, listening to me with advice to help you improve, I know you are an amazing and passion-filled teacher. The world needs more of you in it, teacher, to keep spreading this impact to our little ones. And I have to say, you are exactly the kind of teacher we need in Primary Teacher Friends Facebook group. So follow the link in the show notes, request to join, and we'd love, love, love to have you there. Besides that, I hope that the strategies I have provided today will serve you and your students well. Soon, this school year will be history, so let's end it as best as we can. And until we meet again, go make a difference, teacher friend.